Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Scarb Show. You are tuned in live from Salt Lake City. I am your host, Andrew Scarborough. We have a lot, a lot to talk about this week and on this podcast. So sit back, relax, wherever you may be, and let's get into this podcast, baby. Let's go. All right, everybody, welcome to the Scarb Show. And I know this podcast you guys have been waiting for a little bit. It's We're doing this later in the week than we usually would be. But we had some big breaking news drop this week um, surrounding my favorite NFL team. I kind of wanted to get all the details on it, get all the information before I dropped this podcast, before new information came out. So we're going to get right into that. First off, I am sitting here drinking a ghost energy drink if you guys haven't had ghost energy um if you're an energy drink drinker please i recommend you drink one of these the sour apple flavor is probably the best one but right now i'm drinking bubblicious strawberry splash here um so yeah if you guys know or know anybody that knows ghost have them uh you know hit hit me up and uh sponsor me because i am currently one of my favorite energy drink companies right now so anyways moving on from that you know just had to get that out of the way you know what we're doing here and uh like i said before we had some big news drop this week especially surrounding my football team and the big news of the week that has had the sports world spiraling out of control and everybody's talking about it is the denver broncos have benched their starting quarterback russell wilson for the remainder of the regular season so the last two games We are on the last two weeks of the NFL regular season before we hit the playoffs. And this comes after the Broncos lost to the New England Patriots on Christmas Eve, all but purposely ending their playoff admirations. I mean, they're still, you know, technically in the playoff, have a chance to make the playoffs right now, but it's going to take a lot and pretty much going to take a miracle at this point finishing at nine and eight they'd have to win out and have a couple teams lose and blah 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 um but yeah it pretty much you know killed their whole um playoff admirations and this is the result of that loss um it has been a rough weekend not only for me as a denver bronco fan but i'm sure other denver bronco fans out there as not only did the patriots end the denver broncos playoff hopes we also lost one of my favorite players in kareem jackson Um, starting safety for the Denver Broncos. He was released on Christmas Day after serving a four-game suspension and then was not activated for the game last Sunday. Eventually, the next day, he was released and was claimed by his former old team, the Houston Texans. Um, Hurts my heart because Kareem Jackson was one of my favorite players. I've mentioned him in previous podcasts. You know, I went on a whole rant about him. Uh, a couple podcasts ago about his suspension and everything that happened, but hard to see that. So that added on top of it. And then two days later, Sean Payton, head coach of the Denver Broncos, ultimately decides that Denver Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson is no longer a fit for the future of the Denver Broncos. And like I said, in my last podcast, we went over uh, what I believed Denver or Russell Wilson's future would be because, you know, there was rumor spurling or spiraling over the last couple of weeks and then you know losing the Patriots and they solidified those um so it looks like you know Russell Wilson's tenure with the Denver Broncos is all but over um they announced 
backup quarterback Jarrett Stidham will start for the next two games, um, despite you know getting injured. And Russell Wilson will be his backup for the next two games. And the reason why, it's not because they lost to the Patriots. I mean, this kind of it, it, it kind of is, but it, this isn't the main reason. So if you don't know already, Russell Wilson two years ago signed that huge five-year, two hundred and fifty million dollar contract. All right, in that contract was an injury clause type of deal um, that would allow Russell Wilson to earn an extra $37 million if he were to be injured or suffer a catastrophic injury, such as an ACL tear, broken shoulder, you know, an injury that prohibits him to play for a very long time and not be able to pass a physical. So that is one of the reasons why Russell Wilson was benched by Sean Payton, um, there's many reasons to this, but this is one of the reasons was that injury clause. If he were to get hurt these next two games and was unable to pass a physical in March, he would be guaranteed $37 million on top of the $39 million that they are paying him next year. So a rough $70 million-ish, $80 million-ish will be guaranteed to Russell Wilson if he got hurt these last two games and wasn't able to pass a physical in March. So they are taking precautionary reasons um, to, you know, get rid of his injury clock or make sure he doesn't suffer that injury and have to give him another 37 million because Russell Wilson's future is in danger right now. Um, this was only one reason why they benched him. They also benched him, of course, from his poor play um, over the last couple of weeks. As you know, the Denver Broncos started one and five, Went on a five-game winning streak, um, and then the last three weeks have been one and two, getting a blown out by the Detroit Lions, um, losing to the Houston Texans, and then also losing to the Patriots last Sunday night. Um, but yeah, that is another reason his poor play. Um, there was rumors last year should they, you know, stick with Russell Wilson as our quarterback for the future, um, because not only because of his, you know, his Russell Wilson, apparently, because of his big contract that was a crushing detrimental to the team. Um, gave him that five-year deal before he even stepped foot on the field and snapped one single ball for the Denver Broncos. So that contract is the big thing why the Broncos are benching Russell Wilson, not only because of his poor play and thinking about moving on from him and eating it, cutting it, like I mentioned in, in my last podcast, possibly trading him or just cutting him outright, and then now you have the injury clause that if he suffers his injury, he was in guaranteed another $37 million on top of the other $39 million that you have to pay him next next year regardless. So uh, that was another reason. Um, and then, you know, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson are just kind of two different people. Sean Payton is, you know, aggressive. Uh, demanding, you know, that boss that expects perfect results, um, you know, that boss you kind of have that you don't like, and he's like really hard on your team or really hard on you and expects perfect results. And that's Sean Payton. He expects results. He expects to win in and out, um, day in and day out. Uh, so, and then you have, so you have that personality and then you have Russell Wilson, who is, you know, supportive, um, always positive, free spirited mind, you know, is a pump up guy that, you know, wants to see everybody win. And when you mix those two together, they, it just doesn't work. And they tried it 
They brought in Sean Payton to, you know, resurrect Russell Wilson's career. And, you know, it, it's worked. I mean, Russell Wilson really isn't having a bad year. If you look at the stats, you look at the record, and you possibly look at his play, and you say, nah, Russell Wilson isn't that good anymore. But if you look at his stats, he is so much better than he did last year. And they already have a better record than they did last year. They finished with five wins last year. Um, right now, they are sitting at seven wins. Um but if you look at it, he's thrown about 20 touchdowns compared to, you know, six interceptions compared to last year where he had like 10, 10 touchdowns and almost just as many or if not more interceptions last year. So Sean Payton came in and tried to resurrect his career, but you could tell throughout the whole season that it just wasn't a good mix. It wasn't a good gel. And now this has created turmoil as Sean Payton has now benched his quarterback and has created even more drama and more turmoil within the locker room, within the organization, as Russell Wilson's benching not only threw off Russell Wilson, but it threw off the whole entire locker room. Everybody was not expecting this to happen. Um, they were pretty surprised about it. So this was a you know in-depth Sean Payton, possibly ownership uh, conversation. Um, and now rumors came up yesterday or to believe today and yesterday um well yesterday the rumors came up that after the denver broncos beat the chiefs right before their bye week and i I believe it was week eight um the denver broncos sean payton russell wilson gm george payton sat down with russell wilson and pretty much demanded that russell wilson waives his no injury clause which pretty much means, you know, gives back his old money or gives back his money that's not guaranteed. You know, if we could, if you could, you know, get rid of that injury clause, that would save us $37 million. Pretty much just saying, you know, take a pay cut, pretty much, um, if you were to get injured. Um, and Russell Wilson disagreed and said, no, that's my money. That, that money is owed to me if I get injured and suffer a career ending possible injury. Um, that money is owed to me, and I deserve that money. And that created even more turmoil as after Russell Wilson announced that, GM George Payton and Sean Payton threatened to bench Russell Wilson for the rest of the season. So this conversation happened eight weeks ago. You know, right after they beat the Chiefs, they were threatening, before their winning streak, their big, huge winning streak, threatened to bench Russell Wilson for the rest of the year in the middle of the year. As you know, the Denver Broncos went on their winning streak, had the chances of hopes of playoffs possibly. And now it comes to now that they're out of the playoffs pretty much officially and the, you lost to a 3-11 and Patriot team. Sean Payne said, all right, I had enough. I've shown you what kind of quarterback Russell Wilson is. I've shown the fan base. I've shown uh, the ownership, what you have in Russell Wilson. And I'm pulling the plug here and I'm going to start Jarrett Stidham, the backup for the rest of the year. And so this has been brewing for a long time now. This turmoil and this drama has not been brewing just this week, but over the course of the last eight weeks. And Russell Wilson confirmed what happened of those rumors after the, they beat the Chiefs in week eight, um, that those rumors were true, that they all sat down together and discussions were made and that Sean Payton was threatening to bench Russell Wilson after week eight and not only not now, but in the middle of the season. So he comes to, you know, you know, rumors have came true 
Um, and then, you know, after Russell Wilson's benching, um, Sean Payton went on the news, you know, met the media the other day and pretty much, you know, didn't back up, didn't really say it was a bad decision. He backed up his decision. He said, listen, he, he kind of took a shot at Russell Wilson. He said, listen, I can't, I can't fix the whole offensive line. I can't get five new wide receivers. Um, it is the situation. It is what it is. And it's, I, I don't want pretty, pretty much saying, I don't want Russell Wilson as my quarterback for the future. And that's the reality of it. That is the reality of what has happened here. And so I will, if you guys want to stick here and listen, this is what Russell Wilson had to say about him being benched in those rumors I mentioned earlier. Contract situation. Did they approach you or your agent in October regarding adjusting the contract, Russell? Yeah. And yeah. what can you say about that? They, they just, they, uh, during the, maybe the Chiefs, they, they came up to me during the, um, they came up to me during the uh, bye week and began the bye week on Monday or Tuesday. And they told me that uh, if I didn't change my contract, my injury guarantee that I'd be, uh, you know, that I'd, I'd be benched for the rest of the year. And uh, for, I don't know, I think we had nine games left or so. Uh, I was definitely disappointed about it. And uh, it was a process throughout the whole week, um, for a whole bye week. And, um, you know, it was, it was uh, you know, we, were, we just came off beating the Chiefs, played a pretty good game against the Chiefs. We just came off of that. So I was excited, obviously, for us to fight for the playoffs and get on a hot streak. And, um, you know, and then uh, you know, NFL PA and NFL got involved or whatever, I think, but at some point. But I, I think, you know, for me, you know, I just, you know, I, I came here to, to – um, to play here um to, to to win attention about the con all right so now that you heard russell wilson that confirmed that today that was from earlier um reports um that i mentioned earlier so he did know about it in week eight um this event actually did happen between and russell wilson as well um but yeah that's just kind of the reality of it um excuse me sorry i didn't mean to blow out your ears there a little bit right there but um yeah that's just kind of the reality of the situation and you know fruition came to came true eventually and now russell wilson is benched for the rest of the year and it pretty much looks like russell wilson's career um is over with the denver broncos i mean they're probably going to cut him so they don't have to pay him that you know guaranteed money that they owed him before march because even if it even if he doesn't get hurt and the Denver Broncos, I believe the day is like March 5th. If Russell Wilson is still a Denver Bronco on March 5th, they owe him, regardless if he's hurt or not, the $39 million that they owe him plus the $37 million injury designation, regardless if he passes a physical or not. So they're probably going to cut him before March anyways, and it seems like Russell Wilson's tenure in Denver only lasts two years, and it was expected to last, you know, about five years. And it's... It's a crushing blow to be a Denver Broncos fan right now. Um, you hate seeing all this turmoil, especially what we've been through over the last seven years since we've lost the Super Bowl. We thought, I mean, sorry, if, when we won the Super Bowl, um, we thought, you know, after Peyton Manning retired, we'd be in a rebuild for a couple of years, but we didn't think it'd be this long. And, you know, GM George Peyton went out and traded for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was supposed to be the savior of our franchise taking us to the playoffs for many years, you know, winning a couple Super Bowls possibly. And it just looks like it's not going to come true at this time for Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. Now, going back to the Sean Payton thing, 
Um, after Kareem Jackson's safety for the former safety for the Denver Broncos was cut, he um, tweeted out some things after NFL former NFL player and current NFL analysis Ryan Clark went on the show one of his, one of his you know NFL shows and mentioned that you know uh, Sean Payton has handled this situation unprofessionally. Sean Payton thinks he is the general of this team. He runs the team, you know, is the Al Capone type gangster. Like I own this, you know, and Kareem Jackson went on Twitter and said, yep, I agree with you. Um, Kareem Jackson apparently had some ill feelings towards Sean Payton. Who knows if possibly there's some more other players that have ill feelings towards Sean Payton, not only um, on the Denver Broncos, but also not on the Denver Broncos that are keeping quiet. Um, after, especially after this situation where the whole locker room was shocked about Russell Wilson's benching, um, Kareem Jackson went on and said, yep, I don't like pretty much said, I don't like Sean Payton. So, but my argument towards that is Sean Payton is the general of this organization. The Waltons, the owners of the Denver Broncos, the Walmart group, um, didn't bring in Sean Payton to be a coach for, you know, one or two years to kind of bolster our, you know, bolster, kind of get us feeling good. And then, you know, we're just going to let you, you know, retire off into the sunset. No, the Waltons brought in Sean Payton to turn this franchise around, to turn it back into their championship winning ways, to win a couple of Super Bowls and also make the playoffs. They didn't give him a five-year contract for no reason. Um, that five-year contract pretty much said, you're, more, you're most important in this whole organization. And I think he is. I think the owners care about more about Sean Payton more than they do about their quarterback, Russell Wilson, and more than they do about their GM, uh, George Payton. Because honestly, if George Payton is fired, the GM for the Denver Broncos this offseason, Sean Payton could possibly be the GM of the Broncos and the head coach of the Broncos at the same time. So he definitely will be running the show, um, not only from the coaching aspect, but also from the front office aspect. He'll be drafting players, bringing in players, talking to players, doing what he wants. This will be Sean Payton's team, and I think that's what it's going to be. And, you know, players might disagree with it, but Sean Payton is the general of the Denver Broncos. He is the face of the Denver Broncos more than Russell Wilson is right now. Um, he is the future of the Denver Broncos more than Russell Wilson is right now. And I do believe, I think I think the Wallens are going to find, fire GM George Payton the mistakes have piled up over the last three years. We've, he, he was built, he was brought in to build this team up and, you know, get back to his championship winning ways. And the last three years, all he has done has put this team's future in jeopardy um, over the last couple of years, starting with trading for Russell Wilson, giving up three, I, I believe it was like three first round picks, a second round pick, uh, Drew Locke, no offense, um, Shelby Harris were included in that trade. So giving up three players and four picks for one pick and quarterback Russell Wilson, who was at the time 33, 34 years old. So he was, you know, getting towards that retirement age, um, brought him in, you know, okay, you know what, let's try, let's see if we, we gave up our future to hopefully have a future, but then you went and signed him to a five year, $250 million contract extension before he even stepped foot on the field and took one snap as a Denver Bronco. Before you saw anything, you panicked 
and you gave Russell Wilson all this money, and you're setting your team financially back for the next at least three or four years. I mean, honestly, if these cap hits are going to be tremendously bad for the Denver Broncos because of this contract, if you don't keep Russell Wilson, and if Russell Wilson is on a new team next year. So I could see GM George Payton, you know, making – he's had some good draft picks, don't get me wrong. I've liked his draft picks, including Jonathan Cooper, uh, Baron Browning, uh, who else? Just to name a few, finding a couple of players. Oh, Nick Benito, Marvin Mims. Um, just a few of the players that GM George Payton has brought in since drafting. But the free agent acquisitions have been horrible. Um, he brought in veterans Randy Gregory and Frank Clark, which ultimately didn't work out as they released both of them, or they traded Randy Gregory to the Niners this year, released Frank Clark this year, overpaid for an old Offensive tackle Mike McGlinchey giving him $80 million. So there was another big payday mistake. Not only did you give Russell Wilson $250 million, but you gave an old offensive tackle Mike and Mike McGlinchey $80 million over the next four years. So that's going to have a cap hit. Um, that's going to hurt your cap a little bit if you move on from Mike McGlinchey. So, you know, there's more, there's more decisions looming that the Waltons, there's more bad than there is good for GM George Payton, and all signs are pointing towards the Waltons possibly firing GM George Payton in the offseason while also getting rid of their quarterback in Russell Wilson. And it'll be Sean's Payton team. It'll be Sean Payton's – because this isn't Sean Payton's team. Sean Payton didn't inherit Russell Wilson, didn't inherit this roster in Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, you know, all these players that should be elite, but just haven't lived up to the hype. Um, so he is going to, you know, create his own team, especially if he becomes a GM, which I think he will be. He will be the GM and coach. Cause like I said, Sean Payton is the general of this Denver Broncos team. He is the future of this Denver Broncos team. And he is going to build a team in his new vision. And Russell Wilson might not be the only one gone next year. We've seen Kareem Jackson leave. We've seen Randy Gregory leave. Now we're going to see Russell Wilson possibly leaving or most likely leaving in the offseason. But you could also see, you know, Sean Payton going out there and drafting a young quarterback, prototype quarterback, not these small guys, you know, 6'3", 6'4", 250-pound, you know, big quarterback, Tom Brady, or excuse me, Peyton Manning type size quarterback, you know, prototype, not these little guys like Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Bryce Young, Kyler Murray. He's going to go out there and draft a prototype quarterback, which sounds like Drake May out of North Carolina is the prototype guy and the big guy that the Denver Broncos are aiming for. But he is going to go out there and draft a young quarterback, whether it be one of these guys, Bo Nix, Caleb Williams, Drake May, whoever. Um, and then he is, you could also see him removing wide receivers and moving on from wide receivers, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Cortland Sutton has been balling this year, so I hope they stick with him. But I think Jerry Judy is on his way out. He just hasn't lived up to his first round hype. I mean, give you know, I get it. He hasn't really had quarterbacks since he's been drafted in 2020 that have been, you know, great quarterbacks to throw him the ball to see his potential. But I think now that Jerry Judy is now becoming kind of a bust, um, not a bust, but not a first round caliber talent. Um, as you look at his, you know, his comparisons from the same wide receivers in his draft class as CeeDee Lamb, uh, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Smith, just to name a few 
who were taken after Jerry Judy was picked. Um, they've all lived up to the height. Um, I get, you know, Devontae's got Jalen Hurts as quarterback. You know, CD's got Dak Prescott, who was having an MVP year this year. But you have Justin Jefferson, who has had Kirk Cousins over the last couple of years, and he has become the best wide receiver in the league, hands down, when he's healthy. Has become the best wide receiver. So that is just looking worse and worse. So I think Sean Payton's going to go draft his quarterback, his prototype guy, move on from Russell Wilson, move on from, you know, this contract that they have given them, draft his prototype quarterback, and I possibly will, I believe, will be moving on from Jerry Judy, wide receiver for the Broncos this offseason as well, and drafting a great wide receiver in the draft because there are so many good wide receivers. There's so many good quarterbacks and so many good wide receivers in this draft. So if you're, you know, if you're looking to move on from Russell Wilson and Jerry Judy, this is the prime draft to look towards that and draft your future superstar quarterback, possibly, and your future superstar uh, wide receiver as well, possibly. So big moves. This is going to be Sean Payton's team, especially in April when he is now going to build his team through this draft. And then we'll see whatever free agent moves he makes. But this is Sean Payton's team for the future. It is. He is the general, and he is going to make all the decisions. And I believe ownership will give Sean Payton full, full, what do you put, what do you call it? Full uh, discretion to make whatever decision he wants to build his own team in his own vision. So we'll see what happens. I know that was kind of long, but I kind of wanted to cover all of it. Um, big news to come out of Denver this week, but we'll see how Jarrett Sidham does against the Chargers. As you know, the Chargers are with backup quarterback Easton Stick this week. Um, it's going to be a barn burner of a game possibly, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what Jarrett Stidham can do um, and what the Denver Broncos future will look like after these last two regular season games. All right, guys, moving on from all of that big news that we just covered and broke down step by step, we're going to move on to some other news that has happened in the NFL. As you know, some injury news always happens during these kind of get these last two games um but man let's talk about the cleveland browns the cleveland browns are now headed to the playoffs after their win against the new york jets last night and joe flacco joe 37 38 however old he is now old joe flacco has led the cleveland browns to the nfl playoffs and wow Imagine a guy, imagine having your starting quarterback, Deshaun Watson, go down with a shoulder injury, who you paid all that money into and traded for draft picks and who is supposed to be your future quarterback. And then you go and, you know, try to try it with, he goes down with an injury for the rest of the year. Then you try to move on to, you know, your rookie quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robinson, who played a couple of games out of UCLA. Um, played a couple of games, you know, looked good in the preseason. You know, you tried that approach, just ultimately didn't work, lost pretty much all of his games that he played. So the Cleveland Browns were looking at their quarterback situation like, well, what do we do? So we're going to go to the free agent market, and we're going to look for the quarterbacks, and look who we found was an old 38, 39, old Joe Flacco sitting there for $1 million. And $1 million is a lot of money in our terms. Because, you know, we're everyday, normal, hardworking people. 
um, that we'll probably never see a million dollars in our lifetime. But a million dollars in the NFL is like ten dollars. So they got like Joe Flacco for like ten bucks. You know that you went to the store and bought Joe Flacco for ten dollars, saying, "Okay, well, you know we're in a playoff spot. Maybe you know let's bring in a veteran quarterback. Let's see if he can you know help us." get closer to the playoffs, maybe not make the playoffs, but get closer to the playoffs and move on from the season. Man, the Cleveland Browns fan base and the Cleveland Browns organization was not expecting Joe Flacco to completely turn this season around and lead the Browns to 11 wins, possibly 12 wins if they win next week, their last week, their last game, and making the playoffs. And not only making the playoffs, but turning people's heads Joe Flacco has looked like the old Joe Flacco when he won the Super Bowl with the Ravens, like the old MVP Joe Flacco 10 years ago. Um, The old man is looking like his MVP self and has turned this organization around and has now led the Cleveland Browns to the NFL playoffs. And, you know, Cleveland is rejoicing right now. Browns fans are, you know, Joe Flacco is God to them right now, bro. It, they, he is their savior. He is their – I I can't believe it. I'm even in shock, bro. And it's starting to look like possibly that the Browns could still, you know, win their division. Um, if the Ravens lose their last two games and the Browns go and win next week, they'll win their division, and they'll have a home playoff game against possibly not in the wild card – not in the divisional round, but we could see a championship between – you know, the AFC championship game between Joe Flacco's Cleveland Browns against his former Baltimore Ravens in Lamar Jackson for the AFC championship for the Super Bowl. We could possibly see it. Not saying it's going to happen, but that would be crazy. Joe Flacco playing against his former team for the Super Bowl. That would be, that would be spectacular. You just, that's, what's great about sports. You you can't make this crap up. You, You can't make it up. It's so theater. It's so, play you know theater like you know like it doesn't seem real but you 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 make it real and it's just you can't predict it and that's the greatest thing about sports man you would have never predicted joe flacco to sign with the cleveland browns and lead them to playoffs if you told me that one year ago two years ago when he was just absolutely terrible on the new york jets i would have laughed in your face and i would have bet the rest of my life savings that joe flacco would not make the playoffs man Can you believe that Joe Flacco, 39 years old, however old he is, leading the Cleveland Browns and not only leading them to the playoffs, but making them tremendously 10 times better, have made them 10 times better than having Deshaun Watson on their team. 10 times better. This team is looking like Super Bowl contenders right now, especially last night. I mean, good God, that was a ass beating of the New York Jets last night, and they even caught Joe Flacco sleeping on the sidelines in the middle of the game because they were beating the New York Jets so bad. <laughs> that just tells you everything you need to know right there. But wow, Cleveland fans are rejoicing, man. The dog pound is going crazy for Joe Flacco right now. All righty. And then, you know, in other news here in the NFL, we have another quarterback who is trying to, who are, you know, who are surviving. Um, for their playoff chances, who are trying to win this division in the AFC South behind the Indianapolis Colts, who are right on their tail. And this team is the Jacksonville Jaguars, as Trevor Lawrence, quarterback Trevor Lawrence, is set 
to miss his first game with injury in his entire football career this weekend against the Carolina Panthers. His entire football career, he has missed. He has never missed one game due to injury, and that includes high school, college, and NFL. I don't know about, you know, Little League and all that crap, but he he never missed a game in high school, college, or since he's been in the NFL due to injury, and this will be the first ever game since possibly high school, possibly junior high football to ever miss a game due to injury. So, wow. Talk about durability and sustainability. Not only is Trevor Lawrence big in size, dude is durable too. He will play through anything, but I guess he's going to miss this game against the Carolina Panthers, which is kind of smart. You know, the Carolina Panthers are not a good team. I think they should be able to beat them still with backup C.J. Beathard. Um, but, you know, you're fighting for your playoff chances right now. You're fighting for your division because those red-hot Indianapolis Colts and Gardner Minshew, the former Jacksonville Jaguar quarterback, is leading the Indianapolis Colts to possibly one of the best seasons they have seen in a very long time since Peyton Manning lost. You know, Peyton Manning left the team back in 2013. Um, or, excuse me, 2012. Um, but, yeah, they're right on the tail of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Jaguars desperately need to win these last two games. So this isn't just a walk-in-the-park game if we lose, oh, well. This is, dude, you kind of need to win if you don't want those Colts chasing you because they are red hot right now. Red, red hot. Gardner Minshew is coming for that division title. He is red hot. So C.J. Beathard, you know, the Panthers have one win in the entire season. I think, you know, the Jaguars can beat a one-team win. I mean, who you, you can't say that because they're all professional athletes. They're all the best in the world. The worst NFL team will beat the crap out of you just because they're NFL players. You know, they're the best in the world. So don't take it lightly. But if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, you really don't want to lose to the worst NFL team. Okay, let's just put it that way. The worst NFL team would probably wreck, absolutely wreck a college team, the best college team. The, the Carolina Panthers would wreck the Alabama, Alabama Crimson Tide, would wreck the LSU Tigers. Wreck them. Because they're professionals, man. But if you got professionals playing against professionals, the Jaguars really should not lose this game. So they're going to look to C.J. Beathard, their backup, to lead them not only to a playoff spot, but also a division title against the Carolina Panthers. So good stuff. Good stuff entering these last two weeks of the NFL season. All right, moving on from the football world, we're going to move into other sports world news where one of the biggest pitching prospects – out of coming out of Japan this year in the Major League Baseball, one of the biggest highly touted free agents besides Shohei Otani. He is probably the next biggest one to be on the board. And this this guy is none only than Japanese pitcher Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Biggest, you know, I guess the best pitcher in the Japanese league. Um, and like I said, one of the biggest free agent acquisitions around this year. And he has now found a new team as the Los Angeles Dodgers have signed another, if not the second biggest free agent behind signing Shohei Otani this year. They have now signed Yoshinobu Yamamoto to a 12-year, $325 million contract to help pair up and team up with Shohei Otani 
who are both great friends and, you know, have played together in the Japanese leagues before, um, before Shohei ended up in the pros. And now Yamamoto is now going to join his old friend in Los Angeles to bolster an already talented roster and pitching rotation as they now have Shohei Otani, Walker Bueller, uh, Tyler Glasnow, who they acquired from the Tampa Bay Rays last week, and also possibly if they bring back Clayton Kershaw, and now you have Yoshinubu Yamamoto, the biggest pitching prospect um, in years to come, is now going to sign with the Dodgers. 12-year, $325 million contract. And where the hell are the Dodgers getting all this money? Because they gave Shohei Otani $700 million, and now they gave this guy $325 million. And then they gave an extension to Tyler Glasnow that was about $100 million. Plus, on top of playing their superstar player, Mookie Betts, who they gave $300 million a couple of years to. Also, their other superstar player in Freddie Freeman, who they gave $100 million to just a couple of years ago. So you're looking at a total of about a billion and a half dollars between five players the Dodgers have paid over the last three years. And I get Dodgers are a big, big organization, very popular, very, you know, recognizable logo organization. Everybody loves the Dodgers, especially in Southern California. Um, so I see I, I'm sure they make a lot of their money just off, you know, merchandise and, you know, publicity and all that stuff. But, bro. Where are they getting all this money? And now they not only have all this money to play these players, they now have the three, two of the biggest players in all of this MLB offseason on their team in Shohei Otani and now Yoshinubu Yamamoto. Wow. Man, look out for the Dodgers, bro. They're coming for those World Series titles. They're coming for everybody, bro. They had a bitter taste in their mouth after losing to the Diamondbacks in the playoffs last year. They said that is never going to happen again, and we are going to break the rules, and we are coming after the whole league, and we are going to sign the best players no matter how much it costs, and we're going to make sure we have the best players on the world on our team, and we are going to win not only the World Series this year, but the next year, and the next year, and the next year, and possibly the next year. They are not messing around. They have a bitter taste in their mouth from that previous elimination from the Arizona Diamondbacks. So look out, everybody. Look out for the Los Angeles Dodgers as they have now signed Yamamoto as well. All right, and then in other news, my Boston Red Sox have finally signed their first big pitcher um, of the offseason, of the MLB offseason. This is GM Craig Breslow, new GM for the Boston Red Sox. Craig Breslow's first pitcher acquisition as the Red Sox went out today and signed Lucas Giolito, the former White Sox pitcher and also L.A. Angel pitcher, um, who was a absolute superstar. Um, also picked for the pitch for the Cleveland Guardians. He was an absolute superstar for the Chicago White Sox and the Cleveland Guardians. Went, you know, got traded from Chicago to L.A. this offseason or at the trade deadline this year. Struggled with the L.A. Angels, but you know the talent is there. The, the name is there. You know who Lucas Giolito is. He's one of the top pitchers in the league. Um, they've agreed to sign him to a two-year deal um, with an opt-out after the 2024 MLB season. 
Um, so a great move for the Boston Red Sox, who desperately, desperately need pitching in the worst way after an abysmal season last year that they suffered, not only in their pitching rotation, but injuries in their pitching rotation. So they, Lucas Giolito, will now be paired with pitchers Chris Sale, Tanner Houck, Nick Pavetta, and now Lucas Giolito on that starting pitching rotation. And, you know, I don't think Craig Breslow is done, bro. He is looking to go get two other big-name pitchers that are free agents right now in former San Diego Padres pitcher Blake Snell, who is the next, besides Yamamoto, is the next big uh, pitching acquisition that everybody is gunning for right now. Biggest free agent in the pitching world right now. Um, and then also Texas Rangers pitcher Jordan Montgomery, who is right behind. So, you know, Yamamoto, Blake Snell, Montgomery are the top three pitching free agents that teams are gunning for. And it sounds like Craig, Craig Breslow is not done spending money and he wants another piece. He wants a piece of Blake Snell or, or a piece of Jordan Montgomery or possibly both. But he brings in Lucas Giolito to solidify that starting piece, that starting rotation. And I love this move for my Boston Red Sox. Now go out there and get Blake Snell, please, for the love of God, please, please go get Blake Snell from a Red Sox fan. Craig Breslow, I love you. Go get some more pitching for us, guy. Let's do this. Let's 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 get back to our championship winning ways. <laughs> but um, yep. So that just some news to come up um over the baseball world over the last couple of weeks. All right, everybody. We're on the last topic of this podcast. We're gonna cover some quick news from all around the leagues of the sports world that have happened over the last week as the dreaded Detroit Pistons of the National Basketball Association have now set the mo- the losing streak record at 27 straight losses so the most by any team um in all the nba's franchise history they have lost the most they have set the record for most losses in one season at one time they've lost 27 straight games and then also made it 28 lost 28 straight games losing last night and blowing a 20 point lead to the boston celtics and ended up losing to push their record to 28 straight losses so not a good time to be a Detroit Pistons fan and not a good time to be a Detroit Pistons player Um, especially when you're a professional losing 27 in a row and then also sending a record not a record you want to set as a you know professional athlete all right and then in other news um, uh, Packers have the Green Bay Packers of the National Football League have suspended their cornerback safety Slash safety superstar Jair Alexander won game for detrimental to the team due to his actions uh, on the coin toss at the beginning of overtime that almost cost them a loss against the Carolina Panthers. He was sent out onto the field, or he wasn't sent onto the field. You know, when they do the coin flip, they, you know, send out three captains of the team to make that decision. Jair Alexander decided, you know, I'm the face of this team pretty much. It's all about me, all about me. I'm going to walk out there and not tell anybody and act like one of the captains and almost cost us the coin flip and almost cost us the, you know, the game against Carolina Panthers. They barely squeaked it out in overtime, but he thought he was the big man and disregarded coaches at advice and coaches actions. So coach turned around, coach Matt LaFleur turned around and said, all right, we don't need to deal with you for a week. You're suspended for, for one game. And this wasn't an NFL suspension. This was a team and a personnel suspension. So Jair Alexander suspended this week due to his actions from being 
a menace to the Green Bay Packers, so to say. And then lastly, Udonis Haslam of the National Basketball Association, former Miami Heat player Udonis Haslam, who played his whole career for the Miami Heat, is set to have his jersey retired by the Miami Heat. I believe it's in February. Um, very much well-deserving. Like I said, Udonis Haslam has been was with the Heat his entire like 20-year career. Um, you know, was part of those championship teams with Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. And, you know, being a vital piece, not only on the bench, but also a veteran presence and role model to younger players on the Miami Heat. So very much well-deserving that he is getting his jersey retired by the Heat. Besides Dwayne Wade, he is also Mr. 305. So congratulations to you, Donis Haslam. Love to hear that. And then lastly, uh, Dominican Republic police have now raided former MLB and Tampa Bay Rays shortstop Wander Franco's estate in the Dominican Republic after the controversial things that happened um, during the off or during the season, which made him suspended by the team. Um, you know, suspended by the league due to some um, negotiating, doing things with some minors, so to say. Um, if you don't know the whole story, go look it up. Um, Wander Franco. Um, he did some, you know, things that you shouldn't be doing when you're a 25-year-old adult or, excuse me, 23-year-old adult hanging with minors pretty much. So, you know, Dominican Republic police raided his Dominican Republic estate um, just this past weekend to look for more evidence against him. And it seemed like Wander Franco, a top prospect in the MLB for possible years to come, looks like his career is going to end in the midst of his prime due to, you know, controversial things. So it looks like Wander Franco's career is now officially over. Um, and it's sad to see because he was one of the best shortstops in the major league baseball and was looking to be the shortstop of the future for the Tampa Bay Rays. So hate to see that, but you know, there are bigger things in life than sports. And I totally agree with what the Dominican Republic police has done with this situation. All right, everybody, we're coming towards the end of this podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast. This was a long one, and this was a lot to break down and cover this week. So thank you guys for sticking around and tuning in. Before we end this podcast, we are going to do the annual fun fact of the day. So the fun fact of the day for December 29th, 2023, we're only two days away from the new year, 2024. Um, the last fun fact of the year for this podcast at the Scarb Show is... Babe Ruth, former MLB baseball legend, Babe Ruth wore a cabbage leaf under his cap for good luck and also to keep cool. He reportedly changed it every two innings during each baseball game. So I didn't even know that. That's very interesting. I guess cabbage keeps you cool um, during those hot, you know, summer baseball games and stuff. And I guess, you know, everybody's got a good luck charm and it looks like Babe Ruth um, used cabbage as a good luck charm and it looked like it turned out very well for him as he is not only the biggest name in baseball ever but possibly the Michael Jordan of baseball ever so it looks like it turned out just fine and was a great good luck charm for the good old Babe Ruth the Sultan of SWAT the great Bambino you know all those nicknames he's got so hope you guys enjoyed that you know fun fact in baseball history but thank you guys again for tuning in and listening to this podcast I appreciate all the listens and follows that I've received 
over this last year as we move into 2024 of the new and improved Scarb Show podcast. So we will cover many more sports news and sports you know, things that happen in the sports world each week here in the new 2024 year. So don't you guys go anywhere. Make sure we both riding into this new year together. And thank you guys again for all the listens and follows and all the support over this last year. So thank you guys again. But anyways, make sure you guys are telling, if you're a fan of the Scarf Show, make sure you guys are telling everybody about it. Make sure you're following me on Scarf Show Podcast. Um, Make sure you are, you know, telling everybody you love and know that as a sports fanatic or is trying to learn sports, tune into the Scarf Show podcast every week and, you know, just do give them the good old sports knowledge that Andrew Scarborough gives the popular public each week. So thank you guys again. All right. And then anyways, thank you guys. This has been the Scarb Show. We are tuned in live from Salt Lake City. I have been your host, Andrew Scarborough, and we will see you guys in the new year. 2024, baby, let's go.